Thank you for listening to this chapel message, originally presented at Clark Summit University in Clark Summit, Pennsylvania. With more than 70 on-campus and online programs, Clark Summit University prepares Christ-centered, career-ready graduates to make a difference around the world. We hope this is an encouragement to you today. Let's pray. Father, we believe that you have sent your Son to be with us. God is indeed with us. And so today we ask for grace from you and strength to live because that is true. We thank you for the salvation that he's worked for us and the future that he has purchased for us. And we ask that you help us to walk worthy of that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, glad you're all here. Come nice to have us all in the same room. The uh, Courier and Ives effect outside also adds into a nice Christmas. That's pretty good. I should say thank you. A bunch of our faculty and staff are here today. And, you know, several times I talked to students, you guys, and, and told you how, how proud I was, how pleased I was with the way that you were making this work. Uh, and we did, in fact, wind up with several Christmas trees on campus, uh, which is better than having left with just some turkey to look forward to. So I'm, I'm kind of pleased by the way that God has worked and that you've worked. But behind the scenes, there's been a huge amount of work that's been done by our faculty and staff that just directly benefits you, but you wouldn't necessarily know about it. I know a bunch of the faculty are watching um, on camera right now, but a few of the staff and the faculty are here. And students, if you wouldn't mind saying thank you along with me to those folks. You don't always get to work with good people, and uh, we have that opportunity here. Well, I thought that uh, I would drag you into a a little family tradition today uh, because I needed it for the sermon also. And uh, so, Cassidy, if you could advance the slide there. Uh, Every Christmas, our family reads the whole 20 verses of the Christmas story together. Uh, And we're not going to do all that, but we're going to do the first seven. So I'd like you to try with me Take a look at the screen, and let's say this out loud uh, and as if we mean it, and think about what's happening there. You ready? In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town, and Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Let's leave that one there for a minute. That story just touches our hearts because we can kind of picture it. You know, an unthinking government that decides it's time to to make sure you've got all the names for for their version of the IRS 1040. And it didn't matter how inconvenient it was or how it affected your job or even if your betrothed, your wife, was pregnant. You had to leave home and go to your 
wherever your family was, your hometown in that sense, and sign the tax rolls. Young couple, far from home, in great need. And it seems like the passage just showcases the forlornness, the, the humility that's going on in, in every single way it could. And we look at this, we read it down through, and, and we think to ourselves that God in the flesh made salvation possible. He deserved a whole lot more. You know, we think of the angel choir that came and sang and the shepherds who showed up. And he deserved so much more. But he chose less for our benefit. And that's the direction we're going to take in the next couple of minutes. I've got a friend who's a pastor, his name is Scott Poling. And uh, he gathered two or three things together and put up a Facebook post recently that starts like this. Job would love to have had our 2020. Because Job lost all 10 of his children who were killed. Job lost all of his possessions. They were stolen. Job lost all of his friends abandoned by them. And Job lost all his reputation. He was slandered. And he would soon enough lose his health. He was afflicted. Satan thought he had taken everything from Job. But to Job, God was everything. And from Job chapter 1, Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head, all signs of grief, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Through all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. And Scott went on to say, we will eventually lose everything. We will lose our health through age, if through nothing else. We will lose our friends who will move away or eventually they'll die. We'll lose our jobs through economic reasons and eventually we'll get old enough we can't even do them anymore. We may even lose our homes. Maybe even made to live where we'd rather not live and eventually we'll lose our lives. And Scott said, make sure that God is your everything. Hold the things of this world very loosely, for we will lose them. Hold on to God and make sure he's your everything. We, we feel like we deserve a lot more than we get, don't we? And when we look back on our 2020, uh, I mean, those of you who've been two, three, four years in college, you know how different this fall has been. Now, for those of you who are coming in for the first time, it's just weird. But for the rest of us, for the faculty and the staff, it's different. We've got a pandemic that has thrown our world and our worlds and our economy and the way we like to do education. It's just thrown the whole thing into an uproar. It's made life difficult. So, I want to take you from there to Philippians chapter 2. And uh, I'll read this one to you, but it's put up on the screen so that uh, you can follow along with it. Because Philippians 2, 1 to 7, Luke 2, 1 to 7, they go together. 
Shall I advance this? Hmm. Cassidy is, I can see we're working to fix the problem. The unknown voice, which those of us in the business call the voice of God approaching you from the stage. Shall I just read it? Yes. <laughs> it's nice to have someone who's got your back. Some of you guys know Philippians 2, 1 to 7 already, right? So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, and the assumption is, oh yes, there is for all those. Paul says, then complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, and being in full accord and one mind. Okay, we say, all right, I got the theory. But that's when it gets hard. He tells us how to get those things. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And he adds on to the list. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. How's that going to happen? Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. We're talking about form, not essence. But he emptied himself. He took on human form, Luke 2, 1 to 7. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of a man. You ever thought about the fact that Jesus could have done for himself what he did for Adam? Adam just, boing, there he was. He was an adult, fully born. But because he came to redeem us, and because we start out as babies, he started out as a baby. He humbled himself to take human form. See, he deserved more. But he chose less for our benefit. I like to listen to a podcast by a guy named Eric Qualman, and uh, he calls it Super You. And he does interviews with people who've accomplished something uh, and you know, in a way that you and I could figure that we probably could accomplish the same sort of thing. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, he did one where he took a bunch of clips of people speaking. The last one was a speaker called Simon Sinek. And you may have heard of him. Uh, he's, he wrote a great book called Start With Why, motivational speaker. And, uh, and Sinek's telling the story of a former... Undersecretary of Defense, okay? Now, Undersecretary might not sound like much, but it's way up there in, in, the, in the Pentagon and the government. A former Undersecretary of Defense who was speaking to a conference of about a thousand people for the second time. And he's got a coffee in a styrofoam cup. And so he's looking there and he's speaking and he stops, looks in the cup. And he says, you know, last year when I was the Undersecretary of Defense, they flew me here business class. They picked me up at the airport. They drove me to the hotel, and they had already checked me in. They just took me right up to the room. Next morning when I came downstairs, there was somebody waiting for me. The car brought me over here, brought me backstage. They took me into the green room, and somebody brought me coffee in a beautiful ceramic cup. He took a sip out of that styrofoam one. 
He says, this year I'm no longer the Undersecretary of Defense. I flew coach. I took a cab to the hotel. I took a cab over here. I walked in the front door and found my way backstage. And I asked one of the guys there, can I have a cup of coffee? And he pointed to the urn over there where I found the styrofoam cup and poured this cup of coffee. He said, the styrofoam cup, that's mine. The ceramic cup was never meant for me. It was meant for the position that I held as Undersecretary of Defense. Your position may get you a ceramic cup, but you always deserve a styrofoam cup. You and I never deserved the ceramic cup. But Jesus did. We've got nothing. But he had a position that he traded off for the form of a human so you and I could know God. So our lives could be involved in something that would matter. That would fill that void inside of us that that even a beautiful day like this outside can't fill up. Our salvation is secure forever because of what he did. He deserved more. But he chose less for our benefit. And I want to ask you to keep on doing what you have been doing. I mean, all semester long, we've been dealing with having to wear masks, and we've been dealing with physical distancing, and we've been dealing with a different way of getting our food, a different way of getting our classes. And, you know, once you get through your exams, it's all to end for a few weeks. But you're going home to be with people who you could serve with some humility. I want you to ask yourself, what can you choose for your parents' benefit? What can you choose for your brother and sister's benefit? What can you choose for your church's benefit? I mean, we don't even deserve the chance to do that. But he's giving it to us. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And I want to call you to follow his example. The one who deserved more. And sometimes we think we do when we don't. But he was the one who did deserve more. But he chose less for our benefit. You and I can choose that kind of humility even though we wrestle with it because of what we know God has done for us through the blood of his son. He deserved more, but he chose less for our benefit. I want to make the same choice for others. Thank you for listening to this message from Clark Summit University's Chapel Series. Visit www.clarksummitu.edu to learn more about CSU. Become a Christ-centered, career-ready graduate through on-campus and online degree programs. Look for us on social media, at Clark Summit U, and share your feedback.